Welcome to this week's edition of the All Saints Lutheran Church podcast. All Saints is a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. We are located in Davenport, Iowa. Each week we bring you the digital edition of the weekly sermon. Enjoy! Holy Gospel according to St. Luke from the 8th chapter. Then they arrived at the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. As he stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wilds. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? He said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. They begged him not to order them to go back into the abyss. Now there on the hillside a large, large herd of swine were feeding, and the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these, so he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swine herds saw what had happened, they ran off and told it into the city and in the country. Then the people came out to see what had happened. And when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the city, how much Jesus had done for him. Gospel of our Lord. So we look at our gospel here today, and we find Jesus says in the Gerasenes. And it's actually, you may not know, that's a Gentile region. It's on the east side of Galilee, right? Israel's on the west. So it's on the east side. So... That lets us know it's in the Gentile region. The other thing in, the, in there that lets us know it's in Gentile is what? Pig, right? Jews considered swine unclean, right? So that also lets us know that this is a Gentile region that Jesus is ministering in. So, right? So it talks about the demon-possessed man and actually said many demons. And he said his name is Legion. Legion is actually a segment of a Roman army, and according to historical documents, anywhere from 3,000 to 6,000 people would be in a legion in an army. Now, I'm not saying there was 3,000, 6,000 demons in this man, but the point being, it was possessed by more than one demon. So, of course, what happens, right? When we saw in the gospel there, Jesus ordered the uh, demons out of the man, they went into the swine, drove the swine to the lake, and they died. From that... We see some different reactions to Jesus. Uh, that's what I want to kind of talk about here today. 
So the first one, right, we'll talk about the demon-possessed man, because that's obviously good news here in this story. What did he do? He accepted Jesus, right? He, uh, right here at the end of our story, he talks about when Jesus was ready to leave, oh, after he got asked to leave, we'll talk about that in a minute. He said what Jesus said, Jesus, I want to be with you, I want to go with you. Jesus said, no, I need you here, right? Go and tell what you've done, what I've done for you, what God has done for you. So he accepted him. He wanted to be in his presence. And we look back at uh, Psalm 22:19 from our psalm reading today, right? It says, but you, O Lord, do not be far away. O my help, come quickly to my aid, right? It's uh, in this psalm and in many psalms, right? When you read through the psalms, you'll see David is going through, or the writer of the psalm, many times it's David, is going through a period of uh, anguish in his life. And this, in Psalm 22, is when David was running from King Saul. David had been anointed king, but he wasn't appointed king yet. And so, right, he's hiding from King Saul. Actually, Saul's trying to kill him. And so, you know, that could be a stress in your life. And, uh, right, he's hiding in caves, running from Saul, because there's actually chances where David had to kill Saul, but did not do that, because he said, this is the king appointed by God. I will not do that. So then this psalm goes, goes through, starting off just crying out to God, and a lot of psalms go through and end up, by the end of the psalm, praising God for what he's done in our lives. So, another psalm, right, uh, Psalm 51, which is a, a fairly uh, one many people are, kind of know about, is David's uh, psalm that he wrote after Nathan, the prophet Nathan, confronted him after his sin with Bathsheba. And once David recognized the sin he had committed, again, he just cries out to God, repenting and confessing his sin, then in Psalm 51, verse 11, says, Do not cast me from your presence, but no, or take your Holy Spirit from me, right? David's fear, right, was not having that presence of God. So, and then um, Mark 15, 34, when Jesus is on the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me or abandoned me, depending on which uh, translation you read there. Right, and we're going to talk a little bit about that later. But just as little children want to be with their parents, right? It's just we're made in the image of God, and we want to be in the presence of God. It's an innate part of our being. So, again, to talk about what did the possessed man do, he went back proclaiming what God had done for him, just as Jesus told him to do. And uh, again, going back to today's, today's Psalm, verse 22. I will tell of your name to my brothers and sisters. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. So that was a demons-possessed man, man's response to this. Now the second one talks about the, the herdsmen and the townspeople. And our gospel talks about they were afraid. So you know, when I'm reading through this, I'm like, well, what are they afraid of? And uh, there's nothing really says in our gospel why that is, so I'll give you a couple of my ideas. You can take them or leave them. But I'm thinking part of it is they come back and they see this man's healed. Now, right, we see earlier he's in chains, he's in shackles, you know, living in the wilds. And then you see him healed. I've never seen an exorcism. I'm guessing most of you haven't either. But that, that to me would be a pretty, pretty scary thing. But I'm guessing that uh, even just seeing the result of that would be, it'd be like, what's going on here? The um, another thought is maybe they're still scared of the man. I, I'm guessing at some point, as this man went through his possessions, he was 
be sitting there, would be having a conversation with them. Then the demon would take over. And so maybe they're like, all right, you know, we've seen this before. When's it, when's it going to be back to normal? So, again, just a thought. What most scholars think of is, right, the, our gospel says it was a large herd of swine. Other readings will tell you it's actually 2,000. You've seen, you may have seen that in readings of this uh, version of the gospel. They just, uh, they just lost a big source of income, right? So maybe they were afraid, and maybe they were afraid of the same thing we're afraid of. Maybe when Jesus gets involved in our life, he's going to ask us to live our life a little differently than what, our use, what we're used to. And we may just get a little uncomfortable with what he asks us to do. So, really, so what we find out right here, first they ask him to leave, right? And we find out Jesus got the same response from the Gentiles that he got from the Jews, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, right? When he started to challenge us, and it really sometimes gets from us, when he starts to challenge us to live our life different, we sometimes don't want to do that. So, so then, the, the third part I say is, the, the most important thing we take out of any gospel, any Bible reading, right, is how is this going to affect us? How is this going to affect me? And how am I going to live my life different because of it? So how do we respond to Jesus? Basically, we either accept him or reject him. There's really no middle ground with Jesus. We uh, look in Revelation 3, 14 to 22, and it says, To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness. The ruler of God's creation, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. All right, so, and, you know, it goes on in the rest of that passage and talks about uh, how, you know, we're sinners and you just got to be open to God's mercy to get the blessing from God. But Jesus isn't looking for fence sitters here, right? We're either in with him or we're not. The um, I'm going to go through some numbers here. There's surveys, and you know, my dad always said figures can liar and liars can figure and all that. So take them for what they worth, what they are. But also, I still find them kind of disturbing. There's there's some uh, surveys, and I got a couple of them here. Surveys taken, and they ask people. You know, what was required for salvation? You know, if there was another way of salvation besides faith in Jesus. And about 50%, right, again, depending on the survey, around 50% said, yes, there was another way besides salvation or faith in Christ for your salvation. Okay, you look at that and you say, well, 50%, that's probably not too bad. The part that's disturbing to me is that that was 50% of people who profess to be Christians saying this. It wasn't of the general populace. So, I don't know. Um, here's what I know. Our Bible tells a different story than that. In John 3, um, starting in verse 14, it says, Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already 
because he has not believed the name of God's one and only Son. Later on in 30, verse 30, 36 there, it says, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. And in John fourteen six, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And John 14, I got to tell you, um, I'm going to challenge you today when you go home, before you pick up your Sunday paper and sit down and enjoy your afternoon, take 10, 15 minutes and read through John 14. I'm not going to do it here today so you can breathe a sigh of relief on that, but I tell you, that is just full of the promises God has for us in our future and what lies in store for us in heaven. So, so going back to uh, our way of salvation is faith in Christ. You know, you're going to have people say, hey, that's too narrow. I, to me, I find that kind of freeing because Jesus is telling me, God's telling us, here's what you got to do to have salvation. See this man, you follow him. To me, I find that quite freeing because now I know and it's cut and dried for me. So you may say, may say Ken, you know, you're being pretty close-minded about this. You know, there's other religions out there. I understand that. And, <laughs> but what I know is, uh, right, I, I didn't get called by God to talk to you today to be politically correct. I got to be biblically correct and tell you what Jesus is telling us to do in our lives. What I know is the God we worship and profess gave up his divinity, came down, lived with us, lived among us, taught us for 30 years, right? taught us how to live our life, took a cross, took a beating for us, drug a cross partway, absolutely was so beaten that he couldn't take it the whole way, took it up the hill, laid on that cross voluntarily, died for every one of our sins. Every sin we committed, every person who's ever sinned, which is all of us, by the way, did that for all of us. Out of his own free will, out of his love for us. And when he was up on that cross, right, and he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The pain, physical pain, absolutely. No doubt, intense physical pain. The You've never uh, read or done a Bible study on what happens to the body on a crucifixion. It's horrible death. But uh, but more intense was the separation from God, right? That we talked about earlier, the presence of God, right? God cannot, you know, live with sin. Jesus took those sins, our sins, everyone's sin on His shoulders, took that spiritual separation from God, and died for all of us, so that we may have eternal life. So, right, and now I said, he, he died for all. Now, like you said, there's other religions out there they don't profess Christ. That doesn't mean they can't have salvation. What that means is we need to go and let them know about Jesus, right, because Jesus did come for all. And then uh, out of Galatians today in verse 26, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus, or sons and daughters of God. don't want to exclude everybody. It is our job to go and tell others about him so that all can share in eternal life. Since Christ did this for all of us, isn't this the least we can do for him? Go and tell. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of the podcast from All Saints Lutheran Church in Davenport, Iowa. 
please know that you are welcome to visit and worship with us anytime you're in the Quad Cities. You can also find us online at www.allsaintsdavenport.org. We are Missionaries Proclaiming Christ, and we pray that you have a blessed week surrounded by His love.